Hey there, welcome to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You're going to hear inspiring stories of men and women who are embracing their top five Clifton strengths in all kinds of ways. You'll be encouraged to understand more about what's so great about you. Learn how knowing, developing, and living more moments using your strengths can bring you joy and purpose in your life. I'm your host, Barbara Colwell. Welcome, Sonia. I'm so glad that you're here again to introduce with me the interview that we have with Gary Run. Gary Run's top five talents are strategic, responsibility, learner, belief, and connectedness. So I know that this is going to be um, just a very insightful and encouraging interview for our listeners. Tell me what hit you about um, the interview. Well, I really loved the way he um, just summarized really well the benefits of knowing your own talents and those of the people around you, whether it's work, you know, teammates or family members or anybody. He has four really insightful benefits to that. So listen for those. And then um, I also, I have two reflect talents and he has two or maybe even three. And he has a tip in there for people with high reflect talents that I thought, wow, I need to implement this. It was very insightful, I thought. Yeah, he he had so many great things to say. And kind mm-hmm. of along the lines of what you were saying of the benefits that he highlighted of just even the idea of um, just leading yourself. And I I like that phrase because understanding who you are and your talents and strengths is something that, that we all need to take responsibility for. It's like we, sometimes we think, Oh, can't somebody just tell me and help me figure it all out. But right. it's something that we need to, to take time with ourselves. but also the, the great benefit it, it is to have someone come alongside with you and understanding them. And he talks about um, someone that helped him get more clarity about his own talents. I thought that was really good also. Yeah. Well, I I hope you listeners will enjoy this. And again, one of the main things I love is the takeaway of just the emphasis of knowing your talents and strengths and stewarding them well, and that that can bring so much joy for yourself, but also the people around you. And so I think we can't emphasize that enough. And Gary really puts great words to that idea. So enjoy this interview with Gary Wren. Good afternoon. I'm so excited for you to hear our next guest with us today, Gary Wren. Gary and I have known each other for a long time, and I'm excited for you to hear just so much wisdom and um, input that he has about strengths and different things that he's been learning. So it's going to be a treat for you to, to hear from Gary. Welcome, Gary. Thanks, Barbara. It's awesome to be with you. Well, this is really fun. Why don't you just take a couple minutes and tell us about you and where you are, what you do, and a little bit about your family? Sure. So the good news is uh, Barbara and I are uh, not near neighbors, but we live in the same city. So I live in Austin, Texas with my wife, Carrie, and we have two adult children. 
Courtney, who's our in-town journalist, um, and then our son, Davis, who's newly employed as a financial crimes analyst and will actually be moving to Jacksonville, Florida, whenever COVID lifts. And then we actually have to mention we have one really needy golden retriever named Cappuccino. Oh, and, so <laughs> And then uh, I work with Crew and have for a number of years, and I serve on the executive team for a national effort we call City, and uh, oversee strategic initiatives for that team. Well, that's great. It's it is really fun just to to always connect with you, just because think just the history that we've had and just knowing each other, but tell, tell our listeners a little bit about how we first connected. Yeah, this is really fun because uh, Barbara's an Auburn girl and war uh, this, eagle. there's a war eagle and I'm an yeah. Alabama girl tied. So we connected in Tuscaloosa back in the day when I was a student at Alabama and Barbara uh, somewhat grew up in Tuscaloosa. She was certainly in Tuscaloosa during that time. Her family was. And uh, we connected somewhat through crew and somewhat just because she lived in Tuscaloosa. And probably one of my fun connection moments from your season in Tuscaloosa is that there was a, a short season where during grad school, I worked for a men's clothing store and uh, Barbara, oh, yeah. came in one, Barbara came in one day needing a gift for her dad. Oh, we, were able to, we were able to pick out something. Now I can't even actually remember what we picked out, but I made a sale. She got a gift for her dad, another little chapter in our relationship. But yeah, we go all the way back to college. That's funny. Well, I, I love how just, I don't know when I, when I first moved to Tuscaloosa, um, Auburn beat Alabama 17, 16. So that was my yes. first a legendary um, game, by the way. Yes. The day after the game. And so for people that don't know about, um, Auburn and Alabama football culture, it's, it's really big. And so I just think it's neat. I mean, I've just always admired um, just your maturity and just as we get kind of kid about who won the game or who lost the game. And so that's been um, fun over the yes, years. I, I, I still respect my my good friends from Auburn. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, some people get kind of down and dirty sometimes about yes, football. They do. Yes, so they do. I really admire that about you because obviously <laughs> your team uh, has beat mine more than the other way we, around. We, we won this year. Yes. Yeah, that was painful. <laughs> um, well, I love it too, just um, as we have both been somewhat on this um, Clifton Strengths journey and even both went to the training with Core Clarity, which um, I mentioned, we've mentioned a little bit more in episode three when Candace Fitzpatrick explained a little bit about Core Clarity and the framework that we've both been using to help others understand their strengths. But tell me a little bit about your own personal journey about learning about your strengths and then maybe even a little bit about what you've learned since becoming a facilitator with Core Clarity. Yeah. So maybe I'll even just quickly list my my top five. So my top yes, five yes. Are, are strategic, uh, responsibility, learner, belief, and connectedness. And so, yeah, you know, I first became aware of strengths thinking uh, many years ago, probably right after the book that came out called Discover Your Strengths. And it was popular at the time. And I went to the bookstore and purchased it. This is pre-Amazon days and uh -huh. read through it, you know, and actually was kind of underwhelmed. Um, 
but the, you know, in, when you bought the book, you actually got a code to take the assessment. I went in uh, on the internet, took the assessment. This is how I got my top five. But the book itself was largely kind of a an expansion of definitions about all 34 strengths. So I primarily looked at my five and got those expanded definitions and they were helpful, but it, I didn't find it extremely practical in that moment. And so I, I remember really kind of just closing the book and putting it on the shelf. I didn't I didn't sell it. I didn't throw it away. I held on to it. But I don't know if it was immediately meaningful or practical to me, but it, but it obviously did provide a little bit more of a window. Then it was really several years later through a crew leadership development initiative that strengths were kind of brought to the forefront again. And so they said, well, hey, if, if you know your top five, let's talk about that. If you've never assessed, we want you to go and assess. And you know, I had to kind of search, like I had to kind of dust off the book. I had to find my report because I hadn't looked at that in a long time. And it was really that moment where it was the first time I actually got some input about how these could be more practical and helpful than just defining them. And that kind of whetted my appetite. That kind of intrigued me to say, okay, there's maybe a little more to this than I realized the first time. And it kind of put me, I would say it was the starting point of that learning journey for what strengths really are, what they can do, how we can benefit from them, why I think they are really foundational now. And ultimately that led to, uh, you know, the, the event you mentioned where you and I together, along with, I don't know, what was it, about 30 others, uh, we went yeah. through certification training so that we could actually help others in their strengths journey. And that that was huge because obviously I think we spent three full days. Uh, yeah, five, five full days. Was it that? Yeah, was it five full days? I think you're right. Yeah, yeah it was a whole week. How many years ago it was. Yeah, it was a whole week. So I remember, you know, we gathered for that and uh, I probably walked away with far more about me than knowing how to ever facilitate coaching or a team, you know, development activity or workshop. And that was very impactful. That made it all come alive. That made it, uh, we went deeper, obviously, during those days. We certainly went wider in how all the implications uh, could play out by better knowing and uh, exercising your strengths. And that, I would say that's what really placed me on the journey, you know, not only self-discovery, uh, but also really wanting to help others, just as you've been doing, uh, mm -hmm. helping others discover their strengths and put them into practice. Yeah. Was there any, um, like you said, we it was like drinking from a fire hydrant, but yeah. was there anything in particular that really hit you about what you learned about yourself that week? Yeah, you know, there really was. Um, there's probably two things that stood out then. You know, a lot more has come to light later. But even that week, uh, two of my strengths, strategic and responsibility, they're my one and two, um, really came to light that week. I, I never realized that strategic, even though it's a reflect talent, you know, it's something that we use to take in, digest information, and then they're from that make decisions and choices the strategic is really a strong problem solving talent. Um, that was really helpful to me because I don't know if I ever thought of strategic or strategy by nature as a way to solve problems, but as a, as a strength, it made sense. All of a sudden it really deeply resonated with me and others had noticed that in me and even affirmed it at times, but I, I couldn't put it into a category. I didn't know why that was true. And therefore I don't think I was always purposefully using it because I didn't understand it. And that gave me language that week to better understand and to realize, oh, I, I can actually show up with this. I can, I can solve problems and I should actually probably be more intentional when it's appropriate to be able to solve organizational problems or personal problems or 
family problems or whatever the issue. The other one was responsibility. And this is a little bit more in that week, um, a deeper understanding, but a little bit more of a, um, how would I say, it, it, it revealed a little bit of a dark side for me. And so responsibility is primarily a relationship building strength. That immediately got my attention. I thought that can't be right. And I remember going to our trainer, uh, to, to Gary, who was one of our trainers. And I, I said, Gary, this, this doesn't seem correct. Isn't responsibility more of an energized strength? Isn't it something that internally motivates me? In other words, I'm, I'm a responsible person. And he said, nope, that's, that's not the case. And I go, well, what do you mean then? I don't understand it. He said, listen, are you responsible for everybody around you or do you primarily show up in responsible ways to those you deeply care about? And he, mm-hmm. he, he nailed it. And I immediately said, well, yeah. it's, the, it's the latter. You know, and he said, well, that's why it's a relational strength. This is a way in which you create, build, sustain relationships is by coming through for them. And he was exactly right, but I'd never thought of it that way. And I actually did see myself as mainly just a responsible person. Then I started to assess that. I thought, actually, I'm not that responsible <laughs> overall. I don't always deliver and come through, but I will for people I care about and that I'm in relationship with. You don't have to even give me details. If you just give me the objective, I'll come through for you. And the, the dark side of that a little bit is realizing that I had to boundary that to some degree. You know, there, especially, you know, working with crew, we have a lot of relationships and especially in ministry, you have a lot of relationships and it, you, you could have a tendency to want to come through for everybody and anybody to any degree you can. And that was a little bit of a recipe for burnout for me. And realizing I didn't have great boundaries, I didn't always have good yeses and nos. In some cases, I wasn't coming through as well as I could because I had too many of these responsible relationships going on. And so it was actually a good wake-up call to say, you know, this is a relationship-building strength, and I need to probably place some better boundaries around it so that my yeses are really good and my nos are really good, and people actually feel the value I can bring into that relationship in a more profound way because I'm I'm boundaring it in healthy ways. And so that was kind of both a, a little bit of a positive and a negative realization, but it was really helpful. Yeah, that that's very insightful. I think I like how you explain that of just even seeing those together, your strategic and responsibility, because kind of as we know, it's like all of our top five inform the other strengths that we have. But I think, yeah, and then, just putting it with even your other ones too, of just seeing just the, the depth of, of your responsibility is big. Yeah. Yeah. And I think because it sits up there so high and because relationships do matter to me, I wouldn't count myself as a overly, I'm not an overly extroverted person. I'm kind of a mild extrovert, but for those in my circle and who I'm in relationship with, I really do want to come through and I want to serve them. But you know, there's only so much of me to go around. And so you you do have to consider, I think, in a healthy way, uh, how much can I do that? And when's it when's it best? And, and when's it actually best for me to show up versus maybe somebody else? Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, as you've been um, facilitating workshops and coaching over these last five years, almost six now, um, what have you enjoyed about that as you've um, tried to help other people understand about their own strengths and teams and um, yeah, what's kind of been your, your takeaway from that, those kind of interactions? Yeah. You know, it's been really, really fun. I know you've experienced this too, to be able to lead individuals or 
or teams or, you know, in a couple of cases, uh, whole entities to become strength-based um, entities. And it has been a great discovery process and learning journey. You know, a couple, uh, several things come to mind. One is I, I kind of put all of strengths for me under the rubric of self-leadership. Mm-hmm. And I actually look out at the world and uh, self-leadership is kind of in short supply. Uh, I don't know if it's a cultural issue that maybe we in the West or as Americans don't tend to give much credence to this, but I find a lot of people don't tend to lead themselves well or consider themselves accurately. And strengths at a core level, I think, provides something very foundational that allows you to lead self well. And what I don't mean by that is I don't mean become more self-absorbed. What I really mean is is actually to know yourself really well, kind of where you begin and end so that you can serve others really well. Uh, You can serve in your most profound contribution if you understand yourself. And strengths, by the, the great research and the assessment, gives you those core abilities and talents that you possess and, and you do be, you do have a deeper sense of well this is who I am and actually this is who I'm not and I'm not everything and I can't be everything to everybody but wh- where I have been designed in the way that I'm designed I can show up really well I can show up in powerful ways and if that's governed well then I can show up in really uh, ways that, that can empower others and serve them and make them better I can add value to other people and so it's really not about it's not self-leadership for the sake of self, it's self-leadership for the sake of others. Mm, that's really, that's really great. Um, yeah, I think even along that line, like you're saying of understanding yourself and what you are and what you're not, even just the, the idea of this podcast, embrace your strengths. And uh-huh. I think for me, it's, it's like, I'm keep trying to, preach to myself a little bit like, okay, this is who God made me in these, some of these different ways that are my strengths. But for you, has that idea of embracing your strengths been challenging or um, easy or what, what's that been like for you? Cause I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times we all tend to go to something we think, oh, I really should be this and this and this, but no, I'm not that I'm, I'm empathetic and I'm adaptable and I have harmony but I think it's a, a lifelong process of people understanding and embracing who they are. So what, what's your yeah. thought on that? No, I totally agree. Um, yeah, again, so as I mentioned earlier, it, it was a little, it's been a discovery process. And I think there's a tendency in our culture to try and be all you can be. You know, there's a little bit of a, a tendency to kind of be omnicompetent, which nobody really is. But I think sometimes there's the pressure in our society to try and go there. Um, and yet I don't, I think we don't show up near as profoundly when we try and be everything to everybody, but if we can lean into our design and show up in the ways in which uh, God made us and strengths is a core, I think foundation of that, then I think we can show up better and make profound contributions. So for me, yeah, it's been, it's been a a layering of discovery, you know, like I give you a couple more examples from other strengths. Like I have belief, which is a deep sense. It is an internal motivator. It's an internal energizer. And it's, it's mainly around the why, you know, it was helpful to me to begin to see why do I tend to show up uh, and give myself to some things and not others? Or what do I need to be able to join an effort that allows me to give my best self? Well, for me, it's, there's gotta be a strong why. You know, that foundational belief that stands behind something, an effort or a strategy, uh, 
that really matters to me. And if I, if that why resonates and I get it, if it's clear and it resonates, then I, I, I can show up better and I can bring all of myself to the equation. If it's fuzzy or if it just for some reason doesn't resonate, um, you're certainly not going to get the best of me. And, and again, maybe I'm not the best person to contribute to that effort. You know, it's not just that I'm holding back. It's actually, I may not be equipped or designed to be the right person for that effort. So that, that has become more to, has moved more to the forefront of maybe how I assess different opportunities and things that I can get involved with is, is that why strong? Is that internal resonation, that thing that resonates with me makes sense. Uh, another one is connectedness. One of the things that was really helpful for me over time to see is that a lot of connectedness for me is about helping others connect to purpose. So connectedness, people, you know, this, that it's, uh, again, a reflect strength, but it's, it's seeing holistically as kind of wedding past, present, and future. It's kind of storyline thinking. People with connectedness kind of tend to see the whole storyline. I actually think it's really helpful for me as I study the scriptures because I, I'm just drawn to want to see context everywhere. You know, I want to know how this passage fits with the Old Testament or what how's it fit in Revelation? Where's this going? What's the storyline? But I think even more profoundly for me in trying to help others is connecting other people to purpose. Because connectedness kind of, I think, has that built-in ability to want to connect to purpose and probably combine with my belief, you know, that deep sense of why as well, that combination, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, it's one of the ways I try and show up for others. One of the things I've mentioned, you mentioned back again earlier about, well, how does it help teams and what have I learned? I do now talk a lot with teams and individuals about four primary ways I think strengths can serve. I talk about meaningful relationships, vocational stewardship, connection to purpose, and intimacy with God. That, that actually understanding how you're designed according to strengths can really serve you in all four of those categories. It can enhance your relationships. It can certainly help you in vocational stewardship. I think it can do a better job of connecting you to your purpose, why you exist, why you're on the planet. And uh-huh. then even, even how you pursue God, that if you're really leaning into your strengths about, you know, in the, in the U.S., we kind of have a little bit, there's kind of a formulaic approach about how you should have a relationship with God. It's kind of done one way. And yet you begin to realize that, you know, that isn't as meaningful to everybody just to live out a particular formula of five minutes of prayer, 10 minutes of Bible reading, five more minutes of prayer and get on with your day. Some people are wired very differently and how they connect with God, I think, can be more meaningful by understanding their strengths and then applying that even to their relationship with him. So I've I've leaned into that one a little bit more, too. So those have been things that have also helped me personally. And a lot of what I share these days hopefully are things that I've thought about and tried to apply to myself first. Yeah. Well, I think about, um, you know, as we do the workshops, we, there's one little question on like revealing your best self. Like when you're at, at on all, all cylinders with all top five of your strengths or talents, um, what does that look like in being your best self? And I think, I don't know. I, as I think about you, just because I've known you and been in meetings when you've taught at staff meetings or conferences, and I just feel like I get to see, experience just the fruit of you working, living out of your strengths as you teach the word and lead others. And do you feel like, what is what would you say about that? Um, like your best self? I mean, I know it might seem kind of weird, but it's like, do you feel like there have been some really 
meaningful, joyful moments that you think, wow, I really, yeah, really, I'm on all cylinders here with who God made me to be? Yeah, I do. That's a really good question, Barbara. Um, yeah, and this might lean into purpose too, because you and I know that there's an exercise too we often use that can kind of lean towards that idea of a personal mission statement. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, a couple things where I really, I sense a deeper level of joy and even a sense of God's joy when I'm able to do this, I, it probably shows up primarily in my strategic and my learner. Uh, I do love stepping in and helping to solve problems. Uh, what I have learned with that is, is that I can't solve problems in a vacuum. I think sometimes people with strategic, especially sitting at number one like me, we can tend to try and solve problems maybe too quickly and alone and think we're completely right. And I've watched me at times when I do that, I can shut down the conversation in a room or overly persuade people. And actually, I don't have all the data and I may not be exactly right. I might be partially right. Mm-hmm. And so I've had to also learn to slow down, let others really contribute, um, not solve problems in a vacuum, learn to solve problems with others because it's, it's, it's better when we do it together. And I think there's even a body of Christ concept there. So, but I do love doing it and I love engaging in it. And I think I can show up pretty well in that. And I do have the ability and actually a ranger is my number six. And so people have often affirmed in me, hey, you can take really complex ideas and synthesize them and and simplify them down into some core principles. And I kind of see that as a ranger and strategic working together because it allows me to solve some conceptual problems. But I think one of the ways I do it is by rearranging, synthesizing and simplifying sometimes, you know, difficult things or confusing things and make them more clear. Then I think learner, you know, you referenced my teaching, which I appreciate that compliment. Um, I love being able to steward what I'm learning. Uh, Now, again, I have to be careful. I can bore people sometimes like, hey, listen to everything I just learned. But, uh, you know, I think as I've learned to govern that or to show up with learning that matters and can be applicable and uh, effective, you know, then, then I think I, I can bring something to bear that's deeply meaningful to me and hopefully helpful um, to others, whether that's from the Bible or just leadership principles or sometimes really pragmatic things about strategic planning or problem solving or visioneering or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really fun for me, especially if I can see that it's moving somebody else forward. Yeah. Um, yeah I was thinking last week, I just met with, you know, Mary Beth Menace. You and I both know Mary Beth. Uh-huh. And she's a film producer and she's got several projects going on and often has to kind of work alone. And she just said, Hey, will you help me with a strategic planning process to kind of reignite this one particular film? And we want to get it to wider distribution, have more impact. And it was just fun to spend a couple of hours with her with a whiteboard, just thinking together of what this might look like and helping her in the problem solving process. And I think that's my strengths coming to bear. But, I, but it was not me alone, and I didn't even have any of the data. She had all the data. It was really more about me leading the process, but I could do that from my strength. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a value add for her, but really it was her recognizing how she could move forward. I was just kind of a guide in that process. But it, but it, I, well, I drove away really joyful. Well, that's great. Well, as you know, I've kind of tapped into your lovely wife, Carrie, for that very same reason with her strategic as number one, because I do not have strategic. And, you know, when you, when you see someone else and their strengths, you just think, Oh, how do they do that? It's just so amazing when you don't have that. And so I've appreciated her 
strategic thinking in helping me even just think about this podcast and kind of putting all the pieces together. And so it's, for me, it's just even knowing that, knowing both of you have strategic, it just, it opens doors of like, oh yeah, you could, not that you just want to use everybody all the time, but, but, you know, tapping into what people yeah. are good at when, when yeah. we don't, and especially like if you're working on a team or whatever. And yep. so I don't and know. I think, I, and I I think really knowing smart in that in tapping into Carrie, I mean, I love connecting with her anytime I can, but it's been so helpful. Well, I think it's remembering that, you know, you, you just made this point just a minute ago that we shouldn't hesitate to tap into other strengths because actually it brings them great joy to be able to use them. And then we benefit because they're supplying something we don't possess. Right. You know, so I've been, you know, I think of people that are more outward oriented than me, people with woo or positivity, and I don't have either one of those strengths. And yet, you know, again, in, in ministerial work, you, you need a dose of that, or you certainly need an ally that can provide that. And it's fun to realize that, again, kind of in a body of Christ way, I can tap into others' abilities and strengths. They get deep joy by using them. I benefit by someone showing up in ways I can't. And again, so we're kind of a, a team in that moment, and we there's mutual benefit. And I think that's really beautiful. And you know, I, I'm learning not to apologize to ask people uh, for things where I can tap into their strengths. And they obviously can still say no, there's maybe a time constraint, but, but realizing, you know what, I think they'll be joyful and I'll benefit and, and vice versa. If they ever need me, I'll be more joyful and they'll benefit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it sounds so simple, but sometimes a lot of us miss that idea. So hopefully um, we can help ourselves and others move forward in, in understanding that and, in enjoying and benefiting from each other and our different gifts and talents that we have. Yep. Absolutely. Well, um, earlier you mentioned something about personal mission statement. And I think um, a lot of times it does seem like when someone has a personal mission statement, their strengths kind of coincide with that. But what would you say? I mean, I, I think you have written your personal mission statement, I believe. But what yeah. what what is that, and how do you see your top five strengths dovetailing into what that is? Yeah, you know, this really goes back to one of those four categories I mentioned of how I'm seeing ways I can help people apply their strengths, which is this connection to purpose and. And you and I both have access to a tool through Core Clarity uh, that takes you down that path. And one of the fascinating things about that exercise is that it starts with your individual strengths. Then it goes to looking at the combination of your top five strengths, which those are two different lenses and they're both really helpful. But then as you as you go down to the third part of the exercise, uh, it actually begins to, into, it begins to tap into other parts of who you are because you and I both know strengths don't totally define you. Right. Uh, strengths is a core part, I think, of how God designed you. It is the it represents those core abilities and talents that you have, I think, from birth. Um, but it doesn't totally define you. And, and so there's other parts of us. There's our personality. There's our passions. Uh, there's our journey of blessings and wounds. Uh, there's spiritual gifting. There's a lot of different parts to who we are that overlap and make us a complete person. I think strengths is a significant foundation from which to launch all that. But this exercise, when you get down to other parts of it, it, this stuff begins to collide in good ways. Uh, 
So when I think about passions, you know, actually, I think when passions are rightly understood, even from the Bible, they're actually pain points that as you look out at society and you look out at the world around you and your heart breaks for something, mm-hmm. that's a pain point that may be tapping into a passion of how God wants you to enter into something and make a difference. Uh, for me, I look out at the world and I my heart breaks over bad leadership. You know, I, I, I believe everything rises or falls on leadership. And so you just think of the tumult our country's gone through in this last election cycle, or some would say even the last four years or beyond. And it's it, it's been a reflection of at least uneven leadership. And uh, it, it just, you begin to see a, a ripple effect throughout society. And so that's where my heart begins to break. So as I was doing this work and thinking more profoundly about my strengths and trying to arrive at this purpose statement or mission statement, uh, and this is with Gary Rifkin's help. Again, the guy that trained us is a VP for Core Clarity. And so he uh, he pushed me on this too. And what I came up with was a, a pretty simple phrase, but it's this, I unleash leaders worthy of being followed. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of pieces right. in that for me. One, I don't want to control leaders. It's not about me hoarding leaders, controlling leaders, drawing leaders to myself. I want to unleash them. I don't even know where they should serve best. Uh, they know that. But I do think they should be leaders worthy of being followed. I want them to be men and women of character. I want them to be men and women who are aware of their design. I want them to be men and women who are leaning into who they are and bringing them their best selves to every setting and equation. I want them to be leaders worthy of being followed. So it's funny, in that statement, you don't hear any strengths language. But the statement came out of a deep dive on strengths. And so I think how I live that out, you know, certainly I, with my strategic, I'm problem solving all day, you know, trying to think of ways to help leaders and to serve leaders and to make them better. Sometimes it's actually using it more directly and coming alongside leaders like Mary Beth and maybe adding a little bit of value to helping her solve a problem. Certainly with my learner, you know, I've done a wealth of study uh, and my, my wife is actually really glad I'm not chasing any more degrees, but I have four degrees and two of those have been pretty focused on leadership development. So I can steward that learning uh, to leadership principles and helping educate leaders in both theoretical and practical ways. The belief part, it really matters to me, the deep why that we have to have good leadership to see God's purposes fulfilled, to see the kingdom built, to see anything work well and bring blessing. And so the why deeply matters. The connectedness is back to seeing storyline. It's uh, I often try and help leaders connect back often talk about a primary wound. I think every leader has a primary wound somewhere in their past. And either they'll lead uh, from it, which usually means negative leadership, or they'll lead uh, from a redemptive way, and it can be a very empathetic leadership. And so that's a connectedness piece. That's looking back and helping them discover that, but then actually looking forward and helping them see the ripple effects either positively or negatively. And then even responsibility. You know, I, I love working with leaders. And if we're in relationship, I'm going to try and come through for you. I want to serve you. I want to uh, do, I want to find the resources and bring those resources to bear in a way that'll make you a better leader. So even though the mission statement doesn't reflect strengths language, I do see how every one of my top five and beyond a little bit plays into fulfilling that mission statement. And I think as a bonus, if you will, having a good personal mission statement gives you stronger boundaries and stronger yeses and nos. It's, it's the ability to say yes to this opportunity and no to that one, because if it's not around unleashing leaders who are worthy of being followed, I'll do other things for sure. But I want the majority of my time and energy to go towards that. And I want my strengths to be employed towards that. 
And so it's, it's a, for me, then it becomes a very poignant moment to kind of bring all that to bear and hopefully uh, in serving others and being a benefit and a value add to others. Well, that's awesome, man. Um, mic drop right on that one, Gary. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you just say it so clearly. And I think, I don't know it. I mean, I know it took some time to even kind of get to that, but I think that's the kind of thing that we all really want, you know, clarity of who we are, why we're doing what we're doing and yeah, this is what I'm made for. And I love this and I care about it. And I don't know. It's, I think it, it takes some work and energy and um, taking time to unpack all these, all those different kind of layers of things that you mentioned, but I hope that this will just even how easily you may, I mean, maybe it wasn't easy to come up with that phrase, but it's just so clear. It makes so much sense from your strengths and what you've said is your experience and history. And so it's like, yeah, everybody, everybody wants to be doing what they're made for. Yes. And you know, my boss says, you know, Greg Willistrand, my boss, and uh-huh. he, he often says, hey, you know what? Everybody wants to make a difference. And he believes this, you know, that's a God-given desire that we all want to matter and make a difference. And that's to your point and live out of who we're designed to be. Right. And yet I would suggest it does take two or three things. It takes great intentionality. You've really got to be intentional about some self-assessment and discovering your design and leaning into that. I think it takes a guide. So to all of your listeners, you guys should reach out to Barbara Colwell and let her help you discover your strengths and coach you on that because it, it takes a guide. And like you said, all along, it's a process. I could not have gotten here on my own. Yeah. I needed, I needed help and I needed guides and I still do. It's not that we arrive someday. It's a, it's a continuous journey. And I think the third piece is it's probably back to intentionality, but if intentionality the first time is about towards self, then I think the second go around of intentionality, the third piece is about how do I take all this and serve others and make, and, and to your point, make a difference in the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I know um, one of our friends helped me work on my mission statement. And like you say, it, you can't really do it by yourself. No, and, it takes time. Yeah. And I came up with, I connect with others to help them discover they matter. And yes, it's beautiful. like my, strengths a couple of them are more in the connecting quadrant and it's like I like to be with people but I think like you say the um the pain point of like things just in growing up or whatever it's like feeling maybe unseen or unheard it's like I'm driven to help people see that they matter and that's why I'm so driven about this and helping people understand their greatness and their uniqueness in just that these top five strengths are just a beginning of understanding that, but yes. Um, and that, that what you, what you do matters, you know, so your work that matters to helping others find how they matter. That's really profound. And it, I think that's deep within our soul. I think it, again, I think it's a God thing that we were designed, even though marred somewhat by sin, we were designed to make a difference and to matter. And again, that can go in really unhealthy ways, right? We, we kind of have a celebrity culture where we see a lot of the outworkings and unhealthy ways of how people try and make themselves matter. 
But when I think you lean into design and realize there is a designer and therefore you were created for a purpose, then showing up in a way that matters becomes really profound. Yeah. Wow. That's so insightful. Well, um, I would love to ask, is there anything else? I know we've hit on a lot of different things and you've given so much um, good insights and just the knowledge that you've learned over the years about yourself and leadership and your strengths. But is there anything that you'd like to say to our listeners, any of them that maybe have one of your top five talents or some, maybe they know someone with those or any just any extra little advice about any of your particular talents that you have? You know, I think what it would be, Barbara, is, um, you know, with my learner and connectedness and strategic, so those are all reflect talents and and core clarities paradigm. So those are all three ways that you take in information and and problem solve and make decisions and choose. Uh, I've kind of learned with myself and others that if you have at least two of those, types of strengths that those that quadrant and certainly more in my case three Um, it's actually been a discipline and i find in a lot of leaders lives and just everyday people it it has to be a discipline you've got to include what i call green time because core clarity color codes it and those are green strengths right Uh Uh, you've got to build in green time to your life you've got to uh, i've learned i can't show up as well as i want if i'm not taking reflective time about my reflect strengths I've got to build that into my weekly schedule unapologetically, even in my work schedule. And I think that looks different for different people. Some people can do that in a, well, pre-COVID in a noisy Starbucks. Uh, Some people have to be really alone in a quiet place, more like a library or a study. Uh, Some people can do that while listening to music. Some need a good cup of coffee. Whatever the environment is, it can look different for different amounts of time, even different rhythms. But like for me, it's about half a day every week. Like I allocate three to four hours a week of just thoughtful, reflective time. That includes reading, writing. So it's it's input. And that's part of what the reflect talents do. It's taking in data from somewhere. But then it's also digesting that and trying to think about um, what difference is that going to make in my life and maybe in the lives of others. So I, I just I've, I've, I've seen this as pretty a profound one that most people are so buried, so hurried so busy, sometimes by their own design, sometimes by just the demands placed upon them, that if they have two or more of those particular strengths that fit in that quadrant, you've really got to pay attention to that and feed that. And if you don't, it's going to be challenging uh, to show up well and actually think you'll feel more frazzled and have less energy. I'm finding if I do that little exercise for me at least once a week, I actually show up with more energy, uh, clearer thought, uh, because that's who, it, it's just actually exercising my strengths. I'm feeding my strengths so that they can hopefully have an outward uh, impact on others and, and for myself. But I have to feed it. And if I don't, then I run thin. So that, that might be one thing I just share that if you have yeah. two or more of those green or reflect talents as core clarity labels them, then you've got to pay attention to that and feed that. Yeah, that's very helpful. I know my husband Warren has three in that quadrant too. And he definitely carves out a lot of time for reading and thinking. And yeah, he has a lot of deep thoughts that sometimes I can't get. (laughs) No, but then I benefit and I have benefited from your husband when he's able to come forward with uh, those digested thoughts and 
he, he's good at actually, he's a teacher at heart too. And he's good at bringing him out then in principled and kind of pithy ways that I can hold on to him. But that comes from somewhere, right? Like that wouldn't come if he was just running around like a chicken with his head cut off all day. Right. Uh, yeah. He goes he, crazy he that when, time. He, when he doesn't have that time. Yeah. Yeah. It's life-giving and it's, and it's uh, effective for the benefit of others. Yeah. Well, this has been so um, helpful and I know our listeners are going to have a lot to, to chew on and think about But One last question I like to ask each person I talk to, what has brought you joy lately or put a smile on your face? Yes. Great question. Um, you know, I, I even referenced that little opportunity with uh, what in the world? That was unfortunate. <laughs> uh, did you get that ring? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Okay. Good. So you I can put it out. Yeah, you can hit that. It's just in my ears. That's good. Um, two things come to mind. You know, I even mentioned that little opportunity with Mary Beth last week. Um, that was just a moment where uh, I think it's. I think it's being able to steward what what little I possess as a value add to others. You know, so it can be in a one minute conversation. It can be in an all day workshop. It can be in a variety of ways. But it really brings joy to me when I feel like I can take what's been entrusted to me and and give it back out in a way that benefits others. Uh, That's one aspect. And it's just kind of a stewardship principle, really. I'm not sure necessarily from a strengths perspective where it flows from it, it may be a combination of all five of them uh, but I think that ability to just make a small contribution along the way towards somebody's journey like honestly I, I'm, I'm, I'm this is really a joyful moment for me uh, mm. to partner with you on this podcast because part of the way I see it is well one you're offering me an opportunity to share some of my learning which is really fun yeah but but actually more than that it feels like a way to serve you to get this meaningful content, not mine, but all of the the participants that have joined you and will join you towards an audience that could really latch onto something and become a more profound person and how they experience the world, how they give to the world, how they experience God. That that that's meaningful too. So I kind of have that, and probably that's that connectedness yeah. playing out a little bit, you know, of seeing that hey, this small contribution maybe has a strong ripple effect, and that that brings a lot of joy. So yeah, yeah a couple ways. That's great. Well, it brings me joy just to hear you because I think you you are so clear and um, obviously have thought deeply about all of these different things, and I think kind of like, like you've mentioned, it's like, yeah, there, I don't have those. I mean, I have connectedness is the one that we have the same, but, but to, to see someone else articulate the things that, that are important. And I don't know, it's just reciprocal kind of thing. And so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. that's, um, That's exciting. Well, thank you so much, Gary. This has been just a real delight to have time to visit with you. And I, I know again, it'll be a, a blessing to people that get to hear what you have to say and hopefully help them even take more practical steps in their strengths journey. So thank you so much. Well, thanks, Barbara. My pleasure. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. 
I hope this time has given you hope and encouragement about how amazing you are or helped you understand someone you know or work with or love. If you're curious about your top five strengths, you can take the assessment at cliftonstrengths.com. If this episode's been helpful to you, please leave a review, share the podcast with a friend, or subscribe to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You can find more information at barbaracolwell.com. I sure look forward to our next time together. Take care.